Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, everybody. Russ and my Amazon 11. Hope you're all safe and well and you've all recovered from the disappointment of Sunday. Um, if you're new to your channel, please consider... <laughs> We're still the top team in London. We are. We are. Who cares? Um, if you're new to your channel, please long. consider subscribing and um, hitting the bell icon to make any time you cut your content on. As always, I'd like to thank our channel sponsors. Untuck it. Check them out in the description below. Today's guest, he's uh, he's doing all right. He's, he's, uh, his podcast, his uh, mid-tabling up podcast, is it's getting there, isn't it? It's getting there, George, isn't it? in there mate like you know what yeah we're getting there with the content side of things now i think it's just you know we want to just maybe branch out a little bit try and try and get some listeners and that but no the content i really quite like what we're doing because uh you know it's just 10 we normally just list the top 10 topic whether it's greatest premier league players of all time or um the, the one that's come out today actually is our top 10 games we've seen live so you know like i went to the 2006 fa cup final was there at wembley when we got promoted and the last game of upton park so yeah i did have some crackers to talk about on yeah. our most recent episode of the podcast for sure yeah a, I, I think it's a great concept i think i think it's good that as i said to you before you know when we talked beforehand about the whole sort of top 10 yeah it's lists people love lists don't they? yeah they do they do and i couldn't really think because, I mean, we mainly did it because the, the pubs were closing down. Yeah. And we'd kind of talked about it a little bit. So we sat down in November right before the pubs closed down and said, let's take this seriously and actually try, you know, to make something of it, really. And there's uh, there's so many football podcasts out there. It is a bit of a – there's it's a real saturated kind of market. But I couldn't really think of any mainstream ones that really sort of had the idea of doing – lists or at least the top 10 that kind of thing so yeah we just we just kind of sort of ran with that concept and just trying to you know as i said get listeners uh you know i do like our discussions and it's good because more often than not we don't always agree with each other yeah uh, which just it just helps them because it's a bit at least then there's an element of debate and sometimes it can get a little bit heated as well if we really don't agree with each other so it just it just makes for better content really 
it does and and it, and it gives us you an, and in a day george i mean i've learned this as well it just gives you an excuse to get <laughs> to, to get out <laughs> but oh. you know, so for me it's like every hour every night at nine o'clock you know we come i can come into my garage and talk about west ham with someone and it's just brilliant and it's like i don't have to watch married at first sight australia or anything oh, like that. Um, that. Oh, just, yeah. yeah so it's uh you know it was method in my madness at the time uh whenever it was nine months ago or something oh so, definitely yeah. mate i think yeah. we'd all gone mad watching married at first sight in lockdown with bugger all else to do i can't i can't believe there's so many series of it that's the thing oh, i just I I looked up and i went is this uh, where's this couple i should ask a new series they made another one but the thing is as well because I'm, I'm sure they'd all end in divorce wouldn't they you, you'd think so Probably. Like they, they, and they'll be like, oh, I just don't really get on with it. I'm like, well, of course you don't. You don't know the bastards that you Yeah, make. exactly. It's not surprising. They've just been thrown together for the purpose of a TV yeah. show and put in full situation. Anyway, anyway, we digress as we always do on this channel. Um, <laughs> how are you, George? How have you been, man? Yeah, man, I'm okay. Um, I'm all right, really. I'm, I'm glad I've got the podcast. Uh, I'm glad I've got, you know, my family and my girlfriend to keep me occupied because especially this winter uh lockdown the summer one was kind of okay because the summer one was a piece of piss yeah exactly because... in retrospect to now yeah oh, completely especially once you get past christmas as well it, it can you know even without lockdown the weather can be a bit naff and, you, and yeah. people aren't going out as much anyway but when when it's just work and then back home to just sit on your sofa and again like try to avoid those cr crappy tv programs it is it, everything just becomes a little bit a uh, bit repetitive and as i yeah, said it's yeah, kind yeah. of i'm glad that i've got my podcast to do i'm glad that you know i can still like i live with my family and things so i'm glad i've still got that going on and uh my girlfriend and everything like that that's fine and also again up until the weekend west ham six wins on the bounce that always makes it more helpful where west ham are doing well yeah i mean could you imagine like, i mean imagine if you know west ham were, were doing shit and you know we had all this <laughs> hand with it's the one thing we haven't had to worry about for a while and we oh, still we still don't have to worry but you know it's like no looking back at it yes you know in in you know with a, a clear head you know we lost to a better team yeah no we did and it, it's one of them things where liverpool even it was probably the best time to play liverpool for a little while i know they would got that yeah. really good win over spurs but they are still a really good team i would have liked to have seen us maybe you know go for it a little bit more in that first mm -hmm. half but it is what it is you know had we you know had we gone for it we could have still maybe lost the game anyway because they're the champions for a reason uh it would have just yeah. been nice to maybe have seen us get on the front foot a little bit more uh put you know try and take the game to them a little bit because you know no no van dyke obviously no Mane. that you know yeah. they missed some big players but it is what it is and you know as long as we keep beating the teams that we feel like we should be beating, then we'll still have, you know, the season should go on to be a really good one. It's our most encouraging one since the, the last season at Upton Park. So, yeah, yeah long long may that continue, I mean, I really. I think, actually, to be perfectly honest, I think this, this surpasses that season in that it's not all about one person. Uh, yeah, you know I, I, I mean? agree. You know what I mean, it's like it's a Completely. real team. It's a real team, and that's what I love about it. It's And, and it's... I think I think this team would 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 smash that team. <laughs> I know, I agree, I agree. You know I mean? it's like, yeah, it's as, long as, as, long as, get, as long as we stick two men on Pyre, um, we'd be fine. I, but, don't take free kicks, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Don't give away any any free kicks near the box. But yeah, no, I agree. I think the team spirit and the team camaraderie. I think the way they're drilled 
I do think it's a superior team to the one that we had in that last year at yeah. the Park for certain. And it's just, it's really great to see because since the move, we've really been missing that. We've looked a bit, you know, disjointed for a lot of the time and mm. we've, ne we've never really strung together some proper form over a consistent period. Whereas, you know, these first 21 games of the Premier League, I think it's by far exceeded anyone's expectations. Oh, if you go as far back to the Newcastle game, mm. if you'd have said to West Ham fans, oh, in 20 games time, you're going to be sitting in fifth. I don't think any of us would have believed you at that point. So, yeah, long long may that continue. And, and fair play to Moyes. He's proved myself wrong. And I think he's proved a lot of the fan base wrong as well. He's doing a cracking job. And, and long may that continue. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree with everything. I think he's doing a, a cracking job. And I think it's it's one of those things where, yeah, you're right. If someone said to you, even before the Newcastle game, yeah, when the fixtures came out, you go, right, okay, it's all right. <laughs> you're going to be fifth by the time, by the end of January, you'll be the, and you'll be the top team in London. Uh, okay, I'll take that. You know, yeah. Why not? You know, why not? No, exactly. What are we on now? Like 35 points? Something like yeah. that? We're yeah. only four off of last season's total and we've still got another 17 games to go. That's great crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, it's a great chat. Yeah, you know, the the you know, there's so much credit needs to go to the team and to the, the coaching staff as well as the manager. Uh, you know, like Suchek and Rice have been incredible oh, in that yeah. in that midfield role. Like I don't really think there's a better centre midfield pairing in the league at the minute. They've just been unbelievable. Yeah. He's on seven Premier League goals from defensive midfield and we're, we're only 21 games into the season it's it's crazy and you know just Antonio's been when he's not been injured he's been on fire um so yeah it's just been and we've been solid as well it's the first time in Yonks I can remember us being solid because even that last year Upton Park we were we were really good going forward and we were really good to watch but you knew yeah. that we would leak goals quite often so it's been Craig Dawson's coming and wow yeah. Wow, what a signing he's been so Again, far. Again, I think I think there's a couple of people who we've, I think the, the the fan base have had to eat humble pie over. Oh, I don't care. That's the that's the me, sweetest, oh, me too. That's the sweetest pie is the humble pie. Oh, completely. And you so, know what? If I say something negative about one of our players or about the manager. I want to be proved wrong. I don't yeah. want to be sitting there going, look, look at me. I was right for saying that because then you just look like a knob. But also the team isn't benefiting from that. I'd much rather sit there and go, oh, why did we buy Dawson? What do mm. we need him for? And then get to the point that Dawson is now where it's been a rock for us since he's come in. And again, I'm just sat here going, you know what? Give me that humble pie. I'm going to eat that right up and say, yeah. sorry, Dawson, I've got it wrong. You've been brilliant, mate. And, and that, again, same with the manager, the coaching staff, the team again thinking that we were going to probably be in a relegation battle after that yeah, Newcastle right. game to be where we are now i just take my hat off to them and say yeah. fair play you've proved myself and loads of the fans wrong and, that, and that's all you can really ask for to be honest definitely definitely and i mean you know it's uh, and and we still haven't had still had a penalty this season that's mental i can't uh, believe that or, or a red card yeah that's a bit of a funny which, one which is a funny one as well um the only thing that i looked at the other day when i was looking at the stats because like you know i like to look at stats you know sometimes is i think we've had seven clean sheets out of the 21 games and we've still conceded 27 goals so it's like <laughs> when we do lose when we do let a goal in we let a few in you know what i mean so yeah. when we, do lose, we do lose quite heavily or three or four you know so we do get a fair whack it's, but uh, it's been it's been such a weird season though hasn't yeah. it uh i mean because looking you know like the, we were three nil down to spurs and that was brilliant that was absolutely brilliant that yeah. that comeback was fantastic you take that all day but then 
you look at say that the Chelsea game we lost three 0 That was never a three 0 game. No, that was no. never a three 0 game. Um, and yeah, again the Liverpool game first half. As I said, you know, I'd like to, I'd have liked to see us get on the front foot a bit more. But the mm. first half, they didn't really offer anything going forward either. Mm. And you know, in the second half, it was just Salah's a world class player. He does what yeah. he does what world class players do. You can't really. You can't really do much about it. The ball into him for the second goal, the touch, the finish. It's when you take you out and go fair play. That's just a great piece of skill. It was, yeah. So yeah, but it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a weird one. But a, again, you know, we we for the most part we have looked solid and we've managed to grind out a lot of wins that I think in previous seasons we really wouldn't have got. And Definitely. yeah, I think I think it shows. You know, like the, the Sheffield United was a tough game. Fulham, yeah. Villa. Again, I know we got a little bit of luck against Villa, but. I feel like we're owed a bit of luck considering we've not had a penalty this season yeah. and uh, they're only in the league because of a VAR or sorry, goal line technology not working last season. So exactly. yeah, it's, it's, it's one of them things, but yeah, overall, uh, you know, as long as we just keep going in this same pattern, it should be a really, really positive season and a lot better season than we all thought we were going to see. Yeah, no, totally. I think also, I think what's the thing? Cause I, I always, I always look at, because obviously I love I love West Ham clips and the alternative commentary that he does. Oh yeah, and, and I noticed, <laughs> yeah, he's brilliant. I love clips. We've had him on the channel. He's brilliant. He's so oh, funny. great. He did like his own eleven. Like he did a clips eleven, and he, <laughs> he did it as a sound file. He did it as, as like an interview. It's very funny. I'm, I'm very proud of that. Anyway, um, and I did a quiz once the other day, and I found out that in the Premier League, I think we hit, I think we hit the, the crossbar in something like twenty percent of our games or something Jesus. like that on average this is throughout our whole premier league history and i think this season i think we've hit, hit the crossbar thir- or hit the woodwork 13 times i was gonna say in, aren't twi- we... in 21 games i was gonna say aren't we top of the statistics for hitting the woodwork Must this be. season uh, that's Must be. that's ridiculous because yeah the man united game i think we hit the post a couple on the, yeah. the woodwork a couple of times and again uh, we lost that game. What was it? Three one in the end, wasn't it? But and that's, it was, you know, that's, that game's different because obviously we, you, you these three runs Liverpool, and I thought, well, to be honest, Liverpool pretty much bossed that game. To be honest, mm. they were like, oh, they, you know, Klopp did a he 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 moised us. You know, he did, he knew exactly what to do, and he tactically yeah. was was better. But that Man United game, you know, that that was that hurt more because no, that's the game we should have well, we should have won sh- that game. We should have been outside at half time yeah, in that game. Definitely. And then, you know, I know we switched off a little bit for a, for a little five, ten minute spell. But their first goal, the ball was out of play. Yeah. And had that first goal not go in, you, you know, you don't know where the game might end up. So, yeah, that, that one was a much more of a bit of pill to swallow, really. But, um, but yeah, again, it's Man United, so you can't really expect anything. You know that it, that had that been the other way around, that have been VAR would have been looking at that for ten minutes trying to oh, run yeah. that out. Over so. and over, yeah, trying to find a way to, to award it. But, yeah. As long as we don't, as long as we don't lose to them next Wednesday, I'm all right next Tuesday. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's, no. it, it? that's that's the game, isn't it? That's that the is game the game. That really is the game. We, we need we need to get a bit of revenge for that 2016 season uh, for sure because we shouldn't we shouldn't have lost that cup tie. No, uh, that 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 was a foul on Darren Randolph at Old Trafford after Payet scored that great free kick. So yeah, hopefully a little bit of revenge. But saying that though, looking at them, they've been really poor at Old Trafford this season. They've, they've not really played that well there. So have, and it makes no sense logically. It makes no sense now. Home and away, you should have almost identical. Yeah, because you know, it's like there's no fans. It's like it's no. like you know, you're not doing nothing different. You know, yeah, just... I, I mean, I suppose you're going to be a little bit more familiar with you know like the pitch and the Possibly, stuff like yeah. that. But yeah, as you said, it's not that the fans is really the key thing in where you know in where they've been missed during this pandemic. So. Yeah, it's a little bit weird that they've been 
so much better away from home mm. than they have been at home. But saying that, though, most of their wins away have also been games that they've conceded in, and then they've had a better second half. Um, but but yeah, if we can if we can just get if we can just get get through that Man United game, you know, see how we get after that. We could, you know we've got. I think we should really be prioritizing the FA Cup this year. Mm. Oh, definitely, most definitely. It'd be interesting to see whether they whether they sort of make Lingard train on his own next week. Um, Because <laughs> <laughs> Agent Lingard could be could be a mole for for them as well. You know who knows, who knows? You know, what formation you play and, and vice versa. So he's it's a bit of a weird one. But uh, no, and hopefully, hopefully, we'll be in the squad for the Villa game. Yeah, um, yeah. Hopefully, I, I don't know if I'd throw him straight in because I can't even no. remember the last time he played football. To be honest, and no. you know, I, I feel like maybe four nails is a little bit underrated in that he, he can improve on his final ball and his finishing, but he puts in a graft. He puts in a graft yeah, every game. Cool. And he's, he's a nice, he's a tidy little player. If he could just, if he could just sort his final ball out, he'd be a right little, uh, and his final shot, I feel like he'd be a right little gem. But other than that, he grafts for the team and he, and he can pick a nice little pass. So yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a, a good little player for nails. Yeah, no, you're right. And it's, I think he's, he epitomizes this new team in that mm. I think I think Moyes is is more ha- is happier to get someone maybe of slight no disrespect to Fornas but slightly slightly less quality mm. for the right attitude and he has he does have the right attitude and I think that's what we appreciate as as fans is having that attitude having that workman like put, putting it a shift in I mean the last couple of games I think it's probably the best he's played for us really in terms yeah. of in terms of you know the whole package um well, that, that little ball we played against palace for antonio to get on yeah. and that flick for suchek it was uh, it was it was a lovely little ball and a lovely move and and yeah he, he has got that in his locker but as you said it's the attitude and it's the work ethic that's keeping mm. him there because again we all uh, we know that lanzini's not been the same since he had that bad injury but Lanzini on his day is as classy as anyone in the Premier League, but the, you know credit to four now. There's a reason why he's keeping him out of the team right now, and it's yeah, because he, he will run through brick walls for the team, and and that really epitomises this current David Moyes team. And that's the thing I think is is there is what what I like about this team is like the amount of times so I'm thinking like the Leeds game, I'm thinking the Crystal Palace game, you know the other team concede early on, and you're thinking. Huh? Thinking, mm. you know, as you said, like a West Ham team of old, concede early, we lose three uh-huh. 0 mm. You know, or even like things like that Brighton game where it was two all. We'd have we'd have lost that game before. Yeah, we'd have lost, we'd lost a Stockport. We'd have, you know, we, there's these games where West Ham of old wouldn't have done. Yeah. That. We just seem to have this extra resilience, which I love. There's always a goal in us. That's what I like now. There's mm. always a goal somehow, even when you're three 0 down against the Premier League champions. Craig Dawson will come in for a, you know, near part, you know, sort of a, a tap in. But there'll always be a goal. We very rarely don't score. No, um, I agree. And there's there's lots of goals all across the team. Really, you yes. think you know Antonio's always been full of goals, even when he's been playing at right back and things like that. He's still he was still scoring. But then outside of that, you know, Bowen can pop up with a goal. Suchek can obviously pop up with a goal, and and Ogbonna and Dawson are threats from set pieces, and and you know Cresswell can whip a ball in, and he's a good free kick taker. So we have got lots of goals in the team, and and as you said, like that that game against Palace, you know, Zaha, it, it, even his first goal that he's got, he was outside the box. So even then, you kind of think there wasn't really much we could have done with that. You know, yeah. we just hit a great strike from outside yeah. the box. It's gone bottom corner. It happens, and again, I feel like maybe the West Ham team of a year or two ago probably would have crumbled a little bit. And 
you know, sort of fell away. But straight away after them, we, you know, we, we're back on it and get back into the game, you know, within like 10 minutes or so of, of conceding. And then after that, it was all us, that game. It was, yeah. and you know, like 3-2 really flattered them. It really should have been, you know, 4-5-6-1, really, that game. Mm-hmm. So That's the only thing, that's the only fly in my ointment in terms of everything now is there's teams where we should have mm. easily, you know, you said the Man United game, we should have been far away. The Palace game, we should have scored another couple. You know, and, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm just nitpicking now. No, but no, I know what you mean. Me, but, you know, there's always nitpicking. room to improve. There's always yeah. room to improve. You've always, always got been. to be you've always got to be looking to go that extra level above, haven't you? And, and, and yeah, it's, it's one of those things, you know, very rarely we have a positive goal difference at this stage of the season. I'm glad yes. we've got it, but we, we really, on the basis of play, we really could have had, you know, maybe a, 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 you know, we really could have been into double figures on our positive goal difference if we'd have, yeah. you know, not hit the woodwork so much for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, and, that, and that's the thing. I mean, where traditionally we are in the Premier League, the goal difference is is superior than the teams around us, but we're in the mm. big boy league now. We're in the big boy league, and having a four or five, was it seven or whatever, plus goal yeah, well, five? Well, Spurs have got twice ours, you know, and that's a point. That is a point. And, and I know it's yeah. stupid that we're even thinking like this at the moment, but come the end of the season, when no, you know what, mate? <laughs> the I European think places are. I think you know, we've got a dream. I think we've got, got a dream, dream to be honest, because. Yeah. How often do we really have a season like this? And no. on top of that as well, it's not like it's just us that are, that are being very, very good this season. The whole league is all over the place this yeah. year. Uh, you know, I know City look like they're going to recapture their title winning form. Um, but, you, you know, like Man United, Liverpool, Spurs, you know, like in November, people were big up Spurs to win the yeah. league. And now, yeah, yeah. and now they'd be lucky to make the top four. So it yeah. really does show how quickly things can change and again Everton have been bigged up and then you know that they they drop points against Newcastle who looked like they were only going one way up at the weekend so it's such a crazy season if we can just keep you know chipping away getting the wins against you know the Villas and and stuff like that who we've got coming up and and again if we can maybe nick some points from some of the other bigger teams that we play if we can get if we're still in and around it by the last you know like four or five games of the season it'd be you know regardless of where we finish then it'll be a, a fantastic run but yeah you know we've, we've got we've got enough to be positive about and with everything else going on we really should be looking at, at Europa League at the very least and going we can make this happen this year yeah yeah easily easily we can and, that, and that's and that's again it's, it's a I was talking to someone the other day and obviously you know this will go out after the this will go out tomorrow so obviously the transfer mm-hmm. window closes today but you know where we're previously scrabbling around for players to save our season <laughs> now, now we're looking for players to improve our squad going mm. into the second half of the season which again is a totally bizarre concept for me i think yes um we wouldn't necessarily need a, a jarrah bowen or a, a suchek to get the goals which are going to keep us up let alone we want once we want to develop players and develop a squad to improve our chances of getting to europe and things like that it's bizarre it's bizarre yeah it's a bizarre time to be a west it is, it is a very bizarre it's, it makes for a nice change of pace to yeah. be honest with you yeah because oh, especially since we moved to the new stadium the amount of times i've kind of just sat there and gone oh, i'd do anything for a mid-table season this year yeah, anything yeah, yeah. and now and now you know if and now you know like from where we are at the minute you'd kind of go if we finished around yeah, eighth, ninth, or tenth, it would be slightly disappointing at this stage. Yeah. So, 
which yeah as a West Ham fan that's really bizarre to to say honestly I feel like I've got to get the oxygen tanks out if we stay where we are any further I tell you I know mate. I'm not used to this or, no uh, no yeah, <laughs> altitude sickness and all that stuff at the oh moment, definitely mate definitely. <laughs> anyway 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 we love West Ham and which is great but the first question I want to ask uh about 20 minutes in is 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 why west ham though george why is it your club man you know what's what we see the shirt but mm. and you talk very eloquently about west ham but oh, why thank you it's why? in the it's in the blood mate so as far back as i can remember even before i could probably tell you what the concept of football was from such a small age my dad basically drilled into me of a anyone ask you about football your answer is I support West Ham. That's that's it. And um, yeah, you know, like my, my dad's my dad's had a season ticket since, oh, if not the early eighties, the late seventies. And uh, he was there the last time we won a trophy. So hopefully we'll be able to he'll be able to see another one this this season. But yeah, uh, yeah, when we won the FA Cup in eighty. But my granddad was a was a big West Ham fan so much so that he actually missed the birth of my uncle, who was his firstborn. <laughs> Because he was at West Ham. I mean, it was a different time back then. But that's say crazy. that, say that, though, George. My my, <laughs> my daughter, my daughter, her due day was the playoff final in 2012. Um, oh no! Wow. I had a really good ticket, so obviously I was at the game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean. Though it's, it's that's brilliant. Though to the, she wasn't. She, she was born a few days later. So don't worry about that. She was alright. Oh, I love the fact that he he, he missed his first his firstborn. Honestly. It was yeah, it's absolutely crazy, and because again, it was sight was a bit different back then. Obviously, that the the husband wasn't all wasn't usually at the birth, sure, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he basically went to West Ham, got home, realised that Minan wasn't home, so he's gone next door and said, "Oh, where's Sylvia?" And then they've gone, "Oh, she's had to go to the hospital." And then he's <laughs> he's gone to the nearest phone box, called up the hospital, and they've gone, "Oh, thank you, Mister Ellis. Yeah, y- y- congratulations, you've got a boy." That kind Brilliant. of thing. love it. That's a great absolutely story. mental, and uh, and yeah, so that that was really, as I said, like before, I could probably even was even old enough to really understand the concept of what football was. I'd yeah. kind of just had it drilled into me that that you're what you know that you support west ham that kind of thing so like even and i think that really sort of helped me like even going to school and stuff because then you kind of meet people that are man united fans or arsenal fans or chelsea fans that kind of thing but yeah just from that from that young age it was always instilled in me uh you know whatever anyone says to you your response is just i support west ham and that's it and uh and yeah, it's one of those things. I remember my first game. Uh, it was a uh, 2002. I must have been about or oh, six, maybe yeah, something like that. Six, and uh, yeah. it was a good introduction. I will say this because we beat Sunderland three nil, which that's always a nice that's always a nice way to start. And um, yeah, I think yeah, I, did, I looked it up earlier. I, I think it was Trevor Sinclair, Steve Lomas, and uh, and Jermaine Defoe scoring the goals. I think Joe okay. Cole played in that game as well and it was just it was kind of surreal because by that point I was you know somewhat I was playing football myself for like you know yeah. like youth teams and and things and and yeah to finally go to the stadium for the first time it was just incredible and and I still remember singing bubbles for the first time to this day and the atmosphere and just being there it was a and yeah it was just, it was just brilliant really and yeah. it's just it's just been my life pretty much since then to be honest mate it's a sensory thing isn't it i think mm. it's one of those things where yeah arguably you get a better view on the telly than you do at the stadium 
just because mm. you do. Um, and that's great. You don't have to travel. You don't have to, you know, whatever, get, get your popcorn or whatever and, and all that stuff. But it's that sensory. It's that smell of the grass. Um, it's, it's the, you know, particularly at the old gaff, it was the smell of those dodgy burgers. Um, <laughs> and I never really understood it because by the supporters club, there was always one, there was a very small, if there was like a very small dead end, wasn't there? And, and, mm. and for some reason there was a different, there was conflicting burger stands on either side. And you're thinking that's not very good town planning, is it really? Cause no. like, it must've been turf wars of those two, but, oh, um, definitely. but yeah, that smell and the cut grass or what the like after, or, or particularly when you finish the game and mm. the grass has been all cut up. And that's what I think people have missed, you know? Yeah. It's great. It's great. You can, you know, it's great that the telly is football's on and everyone can see it, but you know, it's it's it just powers in comparison to actually being there, isn't no, it? No, no, completely. Because um, I ended up giving up my season ticket in 2018, and yeah, just it's kind of weird, like not being able to go has it's really kind of made me yearn for it a little bit more. So I yeah. feel like I'm definitely going to have to get back on that and try and get you know, even if it's right up in the cheap seats or somewhere like that i just feel like i'm gonna to have to start getting back on it again soon because i think everyone's gonna be the same mate to be honest i think it's one of those things where for me um i i, I think yeah, it's one of those things where someone well i remember one of the first people i interviewed said oh it's, it's a bit like a chore going to west ham of the years it has been a bit of a chore but it's a chore mm. they want to do again um mm. and they can't wait to go and do it and again so and i think actually i think people will appreciate being there appreciate you know everything about it you know the the, the walk <laughs> the stop yeah. the signs, all that stuff and that that's that's what i think people missed um all those little things which i think people were gonna uh, almost take them for granted um Definitely. yeah and i think it's so you know i think people it's it, obviously it's a horrible thing what's happened in terms of the mm. pandemic and stuff but it's just put things back into perspective i think for a lot of fans Completely. And, and you kind of realize that the what's sort of important when this kind of thing goes on in the world, obviously you want it, you need it all to be safe and, and ready in order for it to go back. But, you know, you, you do miss little things like that, you know, it, you know, even just, you know, maybe going for a beer afterwards with your mates and, and, and the little stuff like that, just it, like funny enough for me as well, the little things, the, uh, the, the, the match day music, mate, honestly, I can't, I can't, I can't tell you enough just how much of like, kind of an impact you've had on me <laughs> through like your match day selections because like you've introduced me to muse um it was, like, like, no, honestly honestly and um no honestly and the, and the clash and everything like that like because when uh you know what was i as i said i was about six or seven when i went to my first game and then oh uh, it was the, our first season in the championship uh after we'd got relegated in 2003 my yeah. dad got me a half season ticket for christmas and yeah just uh, like hearing Muse and, you know, hearing the clash and, and all that on a weekly basis, that kind of thing. It just, it, it, those songs now, even when I hear them to this day, even if I'm in the car on the radio on a drive home, or if I've just got a random playlist on Spotify, yeah. when the, when those songs come on instantly, it just takes me back to Upton Park and, and the London stadium as well. Like those, and uh, I think it's Brilliant. the Kill Bill theme song as well, right yeah. before the game. Ba- Battle honestly, without honor. If you if yeah. you go, if you look at um, if you go and uh, someone asked me this the other day, and I've just done it actually. If you go to if so if you go on Spotify and search for DJ underscore Russie B, then 
they're all, all on my, there. all my all my playlists that I play at the stadium now are all on there. So you've got you know so basically so you'll have West if West Ham are winning at half time, there's one West Ham pre match. Mm. So there you go. Twist and shout if Twist we win the game. I've all got to say as well, the game, they're all there. Yeah, I've got to say as well, I am a big, big fan of the uh, Triple H theme music that's been blaring out recently as well. I love that. Absolutely yeah. love it. Again, it just kind of takes me back to like my childhood of of playing SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain. Triple H comes out and it's just, ah, it, like if that doesn't get the players pumped, nothing will, to be honest. Yeah, like, it's a it. tune. It's a tune. Absolute tune. Was it Motorhead, I think? Yeah, Motorhead. Yeah. yeah, we've been doing it. We've been doing it for a few weeks now. And because um, he's a kid, he's a hammer. You he's know, a hammer, isn't he? Yeah, I love that. And so, yeah, no, it was the last but one game. It, it all just went up, went got crazy because I think someone, I think BT Sport had put, put it up. And oh, really? Else, and uh, and and trips um, like retweeted it or just put the, the, the iron signs a couple of times. I love it. Right, okay, so when are you coming on Miami's 11 in trips? That's the question. Oh, mate, yeah, get him on, get him on, uh, get the X on as well, you know. Like, get, them oh. on. get them yeah, all exactly. on, yeah, the whole no, it's good fun. WWE roster. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good fun. We had obviously we had uh, we had we had Depart on the other day, and he's um, he's single Declan Rice is now, I think, it's charted about 22 in the top 40. Jesus, 40s. so That's yeah, crazy. as Clip says, we are effing massive. Um, no, mate, you are, you are, man. As I said, like the people you've got on here, mate, I like it's incredible stuff to be honest with you, man. Yeah, it's good fun, it's good fun, man. It's good fun, anyway. Anyway, so mm. we've, we've, we've proven your West Ham credentials there, um, George, and now, um. Obviously, everyone we have on the channel, we, we get a hammer's mm. 11 out of them. So, you know, the idea is you can pick anyone you want. Obviously, you pay for West Ham. Um, but the only criteria is you have to be alive to have seen them play. You can pick mm. whoever you want based on whatever criteria. And, and that's what we're going to do now. That's what we're going to do. So, anyway, I think there's only three people who haven't given a hammer's 11, which are um, Harry Redknapp. He didn't give one because he started talking about Bobby Ferguson and stuff like that. I, I saw that one. I did think, is he going to pick a team here? What's going uh, on? Uh, you ran out of time. Um, <laughs> he started chatting about the old days and he ran out of time. Mm. Um, Nigel Ikoka didn't give one. and That's a bit of a weird one. Mm. Uh, Nigel was Nigel, bless him. Um, he, he comes across as a bit of an odd character. Yeah. Um, a bit unique. Unique. That's a good mm. way to describe And um, And Bish. Bish didn't give one because he didn't want to piss anyone off. <laughs> then everyone else, all of his mates are all coming on ready to ready to you know we've got a few of them other other ones yeah. have picked him oh fucking bish but yeah no, he's top man bish um so that's what we'll do now G. so um in terms of of your 11 mm-hmm. who would be between the sticks so between the sticks for me it's been it was a bit of a, a tough choice because I think I've seen some good goalkeepers in my time the first goalkeeper I can really remember for us is uh David James I thought yeah. um but yeah, I remember we, we, he was with us when we got relegated, wasn't he, David James, I think? And yep. uh, Yeah, but after that, I know we had Jimmy Walker for a while. He's a good character. And uh, Shaka Hislop, Roy Carroll. The, the ones, for me, it was a real toss-up, though, between two goalkeepers, and uh, one of them being Rob Green and the other one being Adrian. And uh, Ro- Rob Green was brilliant for us uh during his time at west ham you know i'd like to have ideally have kept them a little bit longer mm. uh than, than what he ended up staying for in the end he, he went to qpr when we got promoted didn't he but um i'm just i'm gonna go with adrian I, I i i just thought he was such a great character and those first few years for us i did think he was he was really quite good he always you know had a little bit of a a wild moment in him yeah. but but for the most part adrian was 
was you know pretty sound those first few years it wasn't really until say randolph kind of came into the picture a little bit but um but you know adrian for me i, I kind of feel like he sort of epitomized west ham to a degree the way that you know he just he was so passionate for the club and i feel like the fans really took to him and you know we can't forget that that penalty you scored against Everton, no. uh, absolutely brilliant, absolutely yeah. brilliant. So, um, so he did say, could you imagine if he'd missed it? That's the thing. Once you've thrown the gloves off, you have to score because then if you don't, you've then how awkward would it be if he's then got to go pick them up and put them back or on? You, to or you go them. like nineteen fifty style, you have no gloves on. Oh, that would oh. take some balls, isn't it? Getting in, yeah, in, that, in, would. that would. That would. Because also it? those gloves, you have to get someone else to help you put the gloves on. Yeah. It just yeah, it would be embarrassing to him. But, oh, it would have yeah. been. Thankfully, I mean, thankfully, he stuck it away. And uh, I remember as well with the, uh, Mark Noble's testimonial. Uh, he just he ran the length of the pitch, didn't he? I know he had yeah. about three bodyguards around him towards the end, but he stuck it in, and it just it kind of just summed up the day. Really, it was it was brilliant stuff. So yeah, I, I'm going with Adrian narrowly beating narrowly beating Rob Green to it, but uh, Adrian's going into my, uh, my in, right. in between the sticks in goal. Okay, let's put Adrian in. Right, okay, let's move into defence. Go on, George, you start. You start to go over it as you go. Okay, so I think I'll start right back. Now, we've, I don't really think we've been amazingly blessed at right back during my term. Certainly not, uh, certainly not during the last few years or so. Um, If we keep. Until this year. Yeah, exactly. Sufal, what a bargain he is, by the way. Five million quid. He's. He's, he, he can do it all. Defence, attack, yep. he's been so consistent. He's absolutely brilliant. But, yeah, before that, though, I mean, you know, I know we got Zabaleta towards the end of his career, and, he, you know, he did all right for us. And, uh, yeah, I, I feel like I, I kind of remember Repka playing at right back as well. I was kind of debating putting him in here as well. But, but I'm going to go for a guy who largely didn't play right back very much, but he did, he did have a good long time at the club, and he was a guy that I really liked when he was here. And at the time, I wouldn't have sold him either, to be fair. I'm, I'm going to put James Tompkins at right back. Yeah, he, had the, sure. he had that final that final season at Upton Park he played there. And again, you know, it wasn't a great threat going forward, but of course he's a centre-back. And yeah, he gave us he gave us a good few years at the club, you know, the best part of, I think, oh, 10 years or so, roughly, something like that. And yeah, you know, proper West Ham boy and... I just, as I said, I, I really wish we hadn't sold him when we did because then we ended up bringing in Arbaloa on a free who was a complete waste of space for us. So, yeah, uh, as I said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of sort of squeezing him in there because he was mainly a, a centre-back. But I'm putting him at right-back just because he did have a... Re- that last year at Upton Park, he was very good there. Yeah. And over, over the length of time, I feel like he deserves a spot in the team somewhere. Definitely. So, yeah, Tompkins for me. Definitely. Definitely, definitely. Right, we'll put JT in. Okay, JT gets it right back. Who's next then, George? Who's next? I'm going to go with one of the first centre-backs I can remember playing for the club. Um, bit of a cult hero, I would say. And again, we've we've seen some good... I, I say we've seen some good centre-backs that over the you know my time in watching West Ham. Uh, Winston Reid was probably a little bit unlucky to miss out, I would say, just because I think it's really been the last few years where he's not really been able to get any game time which is a little bit yeah. sad uh oh, you know he was he was for especially after we got promoted back to the premier league he was brilliant for us um you know we were lucky that teams like arsenal didn't end up signing him and and 
he ended up sticking around, scored that that incredible last goal at Upton Park, and, and which was just beautiful. But uh, my first pick, I'm going to go with Christian Daly for me at centre back. My first, yeah, my first, as I said, one of the first centre backs I can really remember at the club. Proper Scottish. He scored that great goal against Ipswich in the playoffs as well. Yeah. Uh, and that I just remember, I was so young then. I must have been about seven or eight, but I can still just remember the roof being blown off at Upton Park that night. It was absolutely incredible. And I couldn't understand a word he said either. At that age, I really no, because he did that after the game, didn't he? We gave him the mic. I remember he did this sort of like <laughs> this brave heart speech, you know, you know, you can take our freedom. And obviously we didn't, we didn't subsequently lost that game. We went to Cardiff, but um, yeah. I know what you mean. He was this like, there was just something inspiring about the man. I loved him. I loved him. And, and to this day as well, I think the song helps because, yeah. and, and again, it's been so drummed into me a little bit that if I meet someone new with curly hair, I really have to stop myself from just going, <laughs> Oh, Christian Daly, you are the love of my life. It's just like, I have to stop myself from doing it every time I see someone with curly hair, because I just associate curly hair with Christian Daly. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I really liked him for us. As I said, Winston Reid, uh, probably a little bit unlucky not to get in there. But uh, I've gone with I've gone with uh, Christian Daly as my first yeah. centre back choice. Just yeah. the, the, the memories there are just are just brilliant. And um, partnering him, I, I feel like I yeah, I feel like I had to go with this guy. I've gone with Ginger Pele, James Collins. Absolutely love James Collins. What an absolute hero that that man was for us at West Ham over two spells. Gave it all, you know. He, he you know, he went to Villa for a little while, didn't he? And you know, a little bit clean shaven, still had some hair. Come back, this like, oh, it's like he turned Super Saiyan when he came back. You yeah. know, like thick beard, like bald head, like just like, just an absolute rock. And uh, you know, it's just I think he loved the club as well. Uh, I went, I think it was a couple of years ago when we played Arsenal away at the, the Emirates, I think we got thumped like 4-1. Uh, they scored about two, three goals in the last 10 minutes of the game. And James Collins, even though he was still uh, playing for the club at the time, he was in the away end. It was brilliant. So one of my mates just got, I think that's James Collins over there. And I was like, oh man, got to go get a picture with him. And the, and the crowd were just going, one ginger pele, one ginger pele. It was just... It was brilliant and, you know, like proper lion at the back, rock solid and, you know, typical old school English type centre back that you could just, you know, you know, dive on a grenade if it was on the football pitch, that kind of Definitely. thing. So, yeah. so, yeah, um, love James Collins for us. Again, if, if Ogbonna... If Ogbonna gets a few more years out of this again, I might have I might put Ogbonna in there if I ever revisit this thing at the minute. But yeah, Christian Daly and and Tom Tom uh, James Tom Gibbs James Collins uh, for me, my my centre backs. Yeah. Absolutely love sounds those. That strong. pair sounds a strong pairing. Right, okay, I'll put GP in there. Uh, who's going to be left back then? Uh, left back, I think. For me, again, like fullbacks have really been kind of an issue for us over the years, yeah. haven't they? Real, a real issue. And, and we were talking earlier about being proven wrong. And at the end of last season, uh, as much as I had respect for the guy and was, you know, really happy with the service he'd given the club, I did think it was time for us to move him on. But this season, he's just, you know, he looks back. He looks like he's back to his best. Mm -hmm. He's been he's been assisting lo uh, loads of goals, and he's been whipping in. Tons of great crosses and, and free kicks and corners. I'm going with Aaron Cresswell at left back for me. They, yeah. It's the only real. I know we had a few players like um, 
Ilunga and and Dix was just before my time. Yeah. So I couldn't really I couldn't really put him in. So uh, but yeah, no, Cresswell has just been he's just been so consistent for us over the years really and uh, you know he's earned a few england call-ups along the way which is really deserved so yeah for me there's only there's only one choice at left back and i'm going Cresswell, mate yeah he's our top assister isn't he this season yeah he? yeah he's, he's he's been doing really well and as i said it, it, you know when i do you know maybe criticize the players as i said i did think he's it was at, le- at the very least i've got someone in and use Cresswell as backup but where he's yeah. been playing in, in the back three or in the back four, he's adjusted to both roles brilliantly. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, no, for me, uh, it's got to be Aaron Cresswell at that, that left back spot all day yeah. long. Yeah, he's 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 uh, as I said, he's he's rejuvenate re, re, rejuvenate. He's his his career's kicked off, started again. Yeah, yeah, no, he's been he's been, no, he's been fantastic <laughs> for us this season. Yeah, Absolutely fantastic. Right, okay, Cress is in. That's the four. That's the keeper. Let's move into midfield. Who's going to be midfield, then, man? Right, so. I think I'm going to start left midfield. And sure. I kind of had to put this guy in there because uh, I, I didn't really think I could have my midfield without him. But um, probably a little bit unlucky to miss out Matty Effrington. I really remember him growing up and he was fantastic for us again, him against Ipswich. And it, yeah. it's a bit of a shame we couldn't get a few more years out of him. You know, he had a few he had a few issues, which I'm, I was yeah. so glad to see he turned it around at Stoke because the guy... Mm. The guy really deserved it. He was brilliant for us. And I just I, I would have just liked to have seen us maybe get a few more years out of Everington. So he's a little bit unlucky. And uh, if I was doing this purely based on the best players I'd ever seen for the club, there could only be one man in that left midfield spot. And that would be Dimitri Payet. But yeah. it's just the, the way he left the club, it, it really it really left a sour taste in, in my mouth, to be honest, man. I, I, I can't put him in there. No, I just can't. And um, <laughs> and the, the thing is as well, it, you know, I don't really think anyone can maybe blame him for wanting to leave because especially yep. after he had, the, he had that brilliant year, he had that brilliant season for us. And then he was incredible at the Euros as well. And yeah. I think all West Ham fans were France fans in that tournament. We all yeah. wanted him to win it. And after that tournament, all the way up till the summer deadline day, we're all sitting there going, oh God, are, are Real Madrid, Barcelona going to come in for him? Like what's going to happen? They're like, how are we going to, how are we going to, you know, get to the end of the transfer window and him still be a West Ham player? We get there. And to be honest with you, we probably would have settled for, if someone had offered it to us before that, uh, if somebody said you get to keep Pae, but you sign no other players, I feel like the majority of West Ham fans probably would have taken that, but then he refused to play. And I just think that there's a, there's a right way and a wrong way to conduct yourself as a professional footballer. You know, like we've all, I think we've probably all worked jobs that we maybe don't like, and you don't just go, I don't like it. I'm not going to come in anymore. No, you, you know, you keep doing your job properly. You keep remaining professional. And especially with what we'd given to him as a football club, I I do feel like again, he could have handled the situation a lot better. So Mm. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to give it, I'm not going to put pie in there. I'm going to put, Joe Cole in a number at left midfield, just because again, going back to my childhood, the guy could play, the guy could absolutely play one of the, it's one of those things as well, where he was terrific for us. He loved West Ham. He still loves West Ham. He's one of those people that I think we'd all love to see him back at West Ham in some capacity in the future. And just a brilliant player. And I just think if he hadn't have had such a few injuries, he probably could have, you know, got a similar kind of trophy hall that Rio and Frank Lampard ended up getting. He was that good a player. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And he's one of those players as well that we, I think I was listening to a podcast interview with Tom Davis. I think it's the first one in the series. They do. I think it's Joe, it's joe.co.uk. And, um, and he was saying that, you know, in essence, you know, he's a street footballer at heart. Mm. He's always oh, yeah. been a street footballer. And if that and that's the case, then then you have to say that his time at West Ham was when he was the most Joe Cole like. Yeah, because you know he was that one. It must have been based on that. Obviously, not the most successful, but in terms of being a West Ham, you know, being true to himself, it was that time at West Ham because he was he was a street footballer in mm. essence, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. Uh, he was the center of everything. He was doing the the, the, the spins, the flicks, the tricks, the Rabonas, all those types of oh, things. Stuff. I mean, he was doing Rabonas before everyone knew Rabona oh, no. was. You know what I mean? I know. So he, was, like, he, was, he was absolutely brilliant. And uh, his technical, technical ability, I do think you're right. In terms, of his, in terms of his form anyway, he probably did have his best years at West Ham. I know he, he won the league and a couple other bits and bobs with, with Chelsea. But, yeah, he had a, it was a shame. He had a lot of injuries there. And, obviously... Yeah. Unlike, say, if he'd maybe got injuries with us, he'd have probably just walked straight back into the team. But when you're getting injured and then all of a sudden you've got Iron Robin as the guy you've got to potentially yeah, get true. out of that, you know, Great like shot, yeah. you're going to struggle. And uh, yeah, as I said, it was such a such a shame for his career because, you know, even seeing him on the media now, he comes across as such a sound guy, really yes. sound guy. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He, he comes across really like, I mean, you know, he's got a good football brain. Mm. But he comes across so so well, and he will do well whenever he decides. Right, it's time to get into coaching properly. Um, whoever picks him up will, will have a great coach in their ass. I think as well. I think he'd be a great man manager because a lot of people maybe have the tactical knowledge, but then maybe can't relate to players, or maybe you yeah. know some players just need an arm around the shoulder. And I feel like he could do that. I, I, as I said, because he just comes across as such a nice guy. Whereas you say you look at say you know Frank Lampard who obviously just lost his job at Chelsea and you kind of think you know tactically he was such an intelligent footballer you would think that tactically he would be adept enough to succeed there but I think a lot of the players probably didn't like his man management style and especially in this day and age where mm -hmm. the players are you know like multi millionaires a little bit spoiled that kind of thing you've really got to you can't always be that stern no you do this because I've told you to do this you, sometimes you've got to you know like not I don't want to say wrap them in cotton wool, but I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, you've just got to sort of monocoddle them a little bit and and yeah, get them over there. And I think I think the trouble with Lampard as well is he, in my opinion, he he succeeded because mate, obviously he was he was it was good last year. Did well mm, last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when he was basically, as you said, was pretty much working with the kids who would look up to him, and so he could. Yeah. As you said, then he moved into a, in a into a world where he was paying twenty, thirty million pounds for players, and it's a different it's a different ball game, really. Um, in the same way that I never think truly that Chelsea that Abramovich saw him as a, a full time full time. Manager. Oh, I agree. You know, he yeah. was just he was just a caretaker for eighteen months. Yeah, no, he, yeah, no, yeah. It was a thing because he, he he did better than probably anyone expected yeah. in that first yeah. season. Yeah. And then Abramovich has kind of gone, oh shit! I have to give it to him full time now because he's he did do it with the, when you consider the age of that squad, getting Champions League football into a cup final. You know, Chelsea fans would have lapped that up at that going into oh, that totally. season, and and yeah, you know, 
just probably out of depth with all those big money sign-ins and trying to gel them all in at once. And, uh, and, and yeah, I, I agree. He was just, he was like, well, we'll get a proper manager in when we can sign players again. But yeah. because he, he got them further than a lot of people thought that he would have done, they were like, oh, well, we kind of have to ca- let him carry on now. And it, yeah, it went a bit, obviously went a bit tits up the last, the last few months, but yeah. Whereas I think Joe Cole, I think he'd, he'd, be able to empathize, I think, with the players a lot more. I, yeah, I would yeah, say. yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. So, I get that. yeah, my uh, my left midfield, Joe Cole, moving yep. into. I'm gonna move straight <laughs> over to right midfield, and uh, again, I'm trying to think now. So I I, I know who I, I know who's going in there, and uh, it's a guy that's played. Uh, I'd say probably Trevor Sinclair's a little bit unlucky not to make it. I think he probably only, yeah, he probably only just misses out because. I, I kind of caught him towards the the back end of his career, but yeah, I, I still remember that he, he was the first player I ever saw score at Upton Park in my first ever game. So uh, I love him for that. But I think I'm going to put in the guy that should ultimately become our highest Premier League goal scorer of all time soon. I'm going with Mikel Antonio at right midfield. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the many positions that he's played. Yeah. I could have, I, I mean, if I if I could have possibly put him in a, a right back, striker, bloody, yeah. you know, he'd play anywhere, wouldn't he? And and I just, I love Mikel. I love Mikel Antonio. He's such a, he is again such a grafter, and yeah, you can tell that he's had to graft to get to where he is. You know, from non-league football, Tooting and Mitchum and. Uh, you, you know, he scored that goal against Southampton at, at Upton Park that's, that went in off his face, which is almost a little bit, I don't want to say typical Mikel Antonio, but it, it epitomises him to, to some degree because it's great, but it's also so weird as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and, and yeah, just full of pace. Uh, he's got so goals in him galore. He was still scoring goals at right back and... Um, you know, now that he's moved into the striker role, I think it's perfect for him because he's an mm. absolute unit. He's, he's a monster of a man, yeah. absolute monster. And uh, I, I love how much he puts into the games. Uh, I think he, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He gives it his all. And he's got some cracking celebrations in him as well. He's got some absolute he's great bring, celebrations. He brings that back, wasn't he? I mean, I mean the, mm. the celebration, you know, bar some silly little hand gestures from Son, and, and them lot and Daily Alley and people like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no one really does a good celebration. No, like, you know, I'm thinking like Fortnite dances yeah, now. Like I'm thinking yeah. like proper like Robbie Keane or you know or like yeah. proper like a you know Luar Luar Lamar. You know when he used to do mm. the flips and and that's why that's why I think Antonio just brings a bit more a bit of fun into scoring does, a goal. Do you know what I mean? It's like football's such a but it's so. It's so, so professional now. Yes, I think it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, lost its soul a little bit in that sense. It, 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 it does make me a little bit sad. And, and when you do see, when you see players expressing themselves and enjoying themselves, especially when they've scored a goal, which is if you can't celebrate when you've scored a goal, when can when can you yeah, celebrate yeah. really? And that whole thing, you know, where he's crawling on his back, and then he's they're like, oh, why did you do that, Mikhail? And he's like, well, I lost a bet with Declan Rice on Call of Duty Mobile, and that was my forfeit. It's just it shows great team spirit and a great unity, and it's just. Again, you know, it's good that the players are, are, are mates with each other and that outside yeah. of the pitch as well. And uh, you know, he also scored. He also scored in the last ever game at Upton Park and uh, was the first goal scorer uh, at the at the London Stadium for us. And to be honest with you, the only thing that I could, you know, 
probably really criticise him for. And I say it's criticism, it's not. It's just, you know, he, he always picks up at least two or three injuries a season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to see where his goal tally would be if he'd never picked up any injuries for us. Because I do wow. think he'd, yeah, yeah. I do think he'd, uh, you know, have a good number of extra goals to his. I think he'd have already broken Di Canio's uh, yeah. record, to be honest. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, just just a guy that that I love watching, and and uh, you know, again, comes across as such a sound guy. So yeah, I, I love Mikel. My, my my only note to Antonio, <laughs> me mm. notes, is it does take him a couple of games. Yeah, running. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I remember, like twice now, twice this season where he's been injured and come back. That first game he's come back, he's been absolute dross. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. His Villa, he was absolutely crap, and then it was he, he had to come off at half time, game. didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Once he's up, he's, once he's got the bit mm. between his teeth, that's is, is a different character. Yeah, completely. I almost feel, especially in that Villa game, it was almost like we were trying to maybe push him back before he was ready, and then yeah, he does take a couple of games to get up to speed. But then once he's up to speed, he just absolutely bullies teams. And that, yeah. you know, the, the way the West Brom players were bouncing off of him the other day, it was unbelievable. Yeah. It, was just like, it was like watching an adult, like play football with children, but a super competitive adult. They were it just like bouncing off of him. When Boris Johnson did it, he was in Japan. Yeah. And he, like, that, little, that little four-year-old kid, yeah. him, like, absolutely like, twatted him out of the way. That's basically what he did to, to yeah. the poor, uh, poor I know, West and Brom I was defender. like, I was like, this is great grown men he's been doing yeah. this to like ah oh, honestly like you know like he would run if he wouldn't want to get in his way if he's sprinting full pelt he would run you over oh, yeah. uh but no absolutely as you said a little bit of a he takes a couple of games to get up to speed but but generally you know love the guy and to be fair he's he's scored some goals this season that i th probably didn't think he had in his locker going like the mm. goal against city that yeah. was brilliant and um Ah, uh, the one that was against West Brom, the other one that he's kind of hooked in. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, again, that little flick back to Suchek against Palace the other day. Just yeah, yeah. Like he's, I feel like he's really must have taken the time in training to work on these things because he, you know, there was a while where he probably had a bit of a poor touch for a Premier League player, and I feel mm. like he's really kind of gone on and. I think that's what I, what I quite like about him. There's still this rawness about him. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Despite the fact he's played how many Premier League mm. games, he's still very raw. You know, he's still there. He's still doesn't know what he's going to do next. So how can you defend against that? And I think that's that's what's really exciting about Antonio. I completely as a agree. Um, I completely agree. He seems to. It, it, it's like he's not forgotten his roots, and as a result. Yeah. Every game he plays in the Premier League, it, it means you see it, it means so much for him because you know, for him, probably you know, maybe 10 years or so ago, if you'd have said to him, This is the point where you'll be in 10 years, he might not have believed it because yeah. you know, coming having the graft so hard to get there, and and yeah, no, he's, he's just been great for us. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking Antonio in midfield and uh, yeah. coming into the center midfield. This is probably where we start getting to some of my uh, more favorite West Ham players and again we've had some we've had some really good center midfields uh center midfielders in my time here um again one that i used to really like was yossi beniun uh you know great he was a he was a great little player for yeah. us and uh an absolutely you know a bit of a magician at, po at points and um yeah but I, I think for me the guy that i kind of one of the guys that i've had to go with in the center midfield uh i'm gonna have to go with scott parker mate to be honest yeah. with you absolutely loved scott parker i think i was kind of at that age where like 
teenage years and he was just absolutely phenomenal for us absolutely phenomenal for us that that goal that he scored against Wigan uh when we won 3-2 to keep us up that year yeah it was just it was sublime and he really if we hadn't had him we would have got relegated that year and the look on his face it was it was Stuart Pearce-esque after we you know after he scored that penalty in 96 the look on Parker's face when he drills that bottom corner and and we stay up win the game 3-2 it was just great and honestly that the way that the fans got behind him there were points where we'd have a corner and he'd go to take it and the whole stadium would just erupt in applause it was yeah. just it was just incredible um so yeah i was i was really probably around as i said i was probably at that right age for for scott parker's time at our club and i just Oh, I just love the guy, really. He won the Writers' Player of the Year, the year we got relegated, which I think really shows just not only how poor a team we were, but also just how good he was. Yeah. So I know some people take the piss out of that a little bit, but I feel like that the bigger teams don't give him the respect for that because we would have been mathematically done at, like, Christmas if it wasn't for him. So, yeah, no, I loved Scotty Parker. And uh, three Hammer of the Year in a, uh, Hammer of the Year awards in a row – I think the only other player to do that was to Trevor Brookin. And that guy's got a stand named after him. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think only Trevor Brookin, Bonds and more, I think have won more Hammer of the Year awards than Scotty Parker. And, yeah, no, yeah, that's mental, isn't it, when you think about it? Because he was only with us, like, what, three, four years? Something like that, I think. But, yeah, no, he just, he was brilliant and, and fought his way back into the England team as well. Obviously... I imagine the main reason why possibly not many people put him in their team is the Spurs thing, which, yeah, mm, yeah it's, it's one of them, isn't it? But I, I do remember because he went to Spurs when we got relegated and he broke, he deservedly broke his way back into the England team at that point. And Capello had made it clear, I'm not going to pick any players in the championship. And Spurs had got Champions League football that year. Mm. So... You know, from I feel like only the real diehard West Ham fans would, would, would have ever, you know, would have ever rejected that move. You're in a relegated club that, and and then you know a Champions League team comes in for you. Only only the diehards I think would have really rejected that move, to be honest. But yeah, it, yeah I thought he was brilliant for us, so I had to go Scotty Parker as my number as as my yeah. first and 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 i mean you know the ironic thing is now looking back at it in the summer obviously we were literally walking Declan rice out the door wasn't it to chelsea yeah there we go and it's yeah and it's oh good luck yeah, well, well done well well done good luck you know good luck to you mate it's like well i where, where was the difference do you know what i mean yeah if, completely. If objectively and people go oh because it was tottenham it's like well, yeah hang yeah. on hang on hang on hang on hang on Martin Peters is a player that everyone loved. Mm, mm. He went to Tottenham. Like everyone know. forgets that. I everyone think. forgets yeah. Bobby Moore putting it was going to mm. put a transfer question to go to Arsenal or Tottenham, you know. And we've, as you said, we've got a stand named after him. Um, yeah. I think you know we say all we want is players who are going to play for the shirt. There's no mm. denying that every time Scott Parker went across that yeah. pitch, yeah. he played for that shirt and he played and he's he carried that team. He said, "Crap team, we had a crap oh, team." It was, it was a dreadful um, team. That year we got relegated under Avram Grant. I think we won more cup games than we did than we did league games because yeah. we got yeah. the semi final of the, the Carling Cup and uh, like the quarter final of the FA Cup, something like that. And and yeah, I know we scored against Liverpool and we won that game, uh, which is probably 
the only league game I can remember us winning that season because we were dreadful. Yeah. And I remember us being half three uh, 0 down at half time away at West Brom, and then fuck knows what Avram Grant was doing, but Scotty Parker's the one that's giving the half time team yeah. talk. You know, probably good practice for his future career as a as a manager now. And Colton Cole was interviewed after the game, and he's saying, oh, "I had tears in my eyes. He was really inspiring." And I'm like, "I'm like, well done, Scotty Parker, but what are you doing, Avram Grant? Like, yeah. I couldn't believe it." Mental. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely mental. And uh, you know, it's you know, going back to the whole thing with Declan Rice, as you said, I feel like. You're right. Loads of people were were almost, you know, saying, "Oh, good luck, Declan," when it looked like he was maybe going to go to Chelsea. But yeah. you know, Scotty Parker, no one does that. And I still feel like nearly every day on Twitter, I must see at least one West Ham fan still fawning over Payet. And yeah. don't get me obviously, you know, it was magic for us. He did think is in my lifetime, he's probably the most talented player I'd ever seen play at West Ham. So, I, I, but the romanticism that's there when the guy still effectively snaked us. And then I'm like, yeah. well, we got, I was like, we got relegated with Scotty Parker, a champions league team came in for him and yeah. and you're going to, you're going to treat him like he's oh, the worst person in the world. Uh, yeah. I don't, yeah. I, I never really got that. Cause I did think yeah. he deserved, I think whenever he came back to play against us, I think he deserved a much better reception than what yeah. he got. It normally be quite mixed, but it would be, but, yeah. But yeah, no, he was, he was, he was brilliant for us. So I had to put Scotty Parker in, as my first centre midfield role. And then my center, uh, second centre midfield role is my favourite West Ham player of all time. Will probably be my favourite West Ham player of all time forever. Um, it's my generation's Billy Bonds. I'm going with Mark Noble all day long. Has yeah. to be Mark Noble. Absolutely love the guy. I mean, where'd you start? You know, just West Ham through and through. Canning Town born lad. And he just, he has been West Ham. He's part of the furniture and, you know, it, I, I feel almost a little so sad, like seeing him, you know, like, like thinking he's going to have to retire soon. And yeah. I don't, I don't think I'm emotionally ready for that. Nah, 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 nah. But, you know, I kind of like where we are with him at the minute in that, you know, we, we maybe bring him on for 15, 20 minutes, you know, if, if we're maybe winning the game, you know, like one or two nil just to get the extra body in midfield, he can do that role when he's a leader. Yeah. And I I love the I love the fact that Rice every time he comes onto the pitch, Rice hands in the armband. He knows yeah. who his captain is, and definitely it just I think I feel like as well to a certain degree. I want to say fans, but I feel like there's nothing wrong with not wanting Noble to start. But I think you know sometimes he gets a bit disrespected, which he doesn't deserve. Um, I, and I, I feel like that there's a reason why he's been there so long. And up until this part of his his career, there's a reason why every single manager was picking him. There's a reason why every single manager had him on their team sheet. You know, when you think Bilic, Pellegrini, Allardyce, Grant, um, Zola, they all, you know, going back, Pardew, Kirbishley, they all went with Mark Noble and they all did yeah. it for various reasons. And it was because you knew that he was so reliable. You knew that he was West Ham through and through and, and such a leader. And I feel like, any new players coming into that club, you know that Mark Noble is going to look out for them. He's going to make yeah. them feel like they're like home. And the, the turnout he got for his for his testimonial was was so deserved. It was so deserved, to be honest with you. I, I couldn't, as I said, I, like I really hope that whether it goes into coaching or something like that, I really hope that you know he that he's still at the club in some capacity when he does finally call time on his playing career. Mm. I just yeah, I love the guy. My favourite West Ham player. Yeah. And I think as you're right, I think you're right. In, in this in this role he's doing now, this little 15 minute role, 
Um, and then, you know, playing in the cups. Mm. That's, you know, he he could do that easy for another another couple of seasons, really. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like he's, yeah. he's 15, 20 minutes and he's, not, and he's still fit as a fiddle. And, you know, he just comes on to tie up the game. And, you know, as, hopefully it will, you know, they'll, they'll give him the, the extra contract, the extra year so they can, he can do it next, next year could be his last season maybe. And then, yeah, come, I think that's, that's sort of yeah. goes with saying. Um, it's it's yeah. another it's another part of the reason why I'm I'm so desperate for us to to you know try and get the cup this year just because if he wins that then I, I don't think anyone could not put him in that category of you know like Bobby Moore, Billy yeah. Bonds, Trevor yeah. Brookin status of 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 club legend. And I, I feel like that's the only thing that, that some people might hold against him is that we've not won anything with with those player you know we, we, he's not won anything for us but mm. but yeah it, it just it would just be great just to, if if he could lift that trophy yeah. like it would just it would just cap off a, a brilliant career Definitely. for us and and yeah just absolutely love the guy so yeah mark noble mark noble my uh my center mid uh alongside scotty parker nice. and um nice. moving into the forwards now go on him so again it's i mean obviously under the the golden Sullivan era, we've had a, a fair few shite forwards, <laughs> a fair few shite forwards in, in my time. But um, you know, we have had some we have had some good ones in there. The first, uh, you, you know, like some of the first forwards I can remember: Freddie Canute, Jermaine Defoe. Uh, you know, they they were great for us at times. And then Marlon Harewood, I think he's the he's the forward that I can really kind of remember. Um, you, you know, like like. You know, when I was like eight, nine, when we were in the championship, obviously scored that semi-final goal, and uh, it was yeah, you know, absolutely brilliant. Uh, Teddy Sheringham as well. We had you know, he was forty odd, and he had a good little spell. Um, but uh, and, and Tevez, and Tevez was another. Tevez was a you know, he, he kept us up that year. Uh, you know, he took a little while to get going, yeah. but then he scored that free kick against Tottenham, and he never looked looked back, did he? Tevez, I, I, yeah. I did love Tevez and. Tevez was probably so close to making this team, but he just just probably misses out. Uh, my first player I'm going to put in uh, is a guy that I absolutely love, and uh, I think loyalty is a is a big big part of it. I, I'm going with Colton Cole as my first striker. Yes, um, you, you know what the thing that I really kind of like about Cole because obviously we, we spoke about Noble, yeah. and uh, you know like Canning Town lad. West Ham in his blood. Colin Cole was originally a Chelsea boy yeah. and came through their academy. Yeah. And I was there at his debut, actually, when he came on off the bench and scored immediately. And that kind of, like, blew my mind as a as about, you know, like a 9 or 10-year-old because I'd never seen someone come on off the bench for West Ham and score so quickly. Yeah. So, yeah, I was, ah, oh. And I, I, I'd honestly, for that, in that, for that, like, week, that week or so before he played again, and I do love Colton Cole, but I, I'd thought that we'd signed like the next Brazilian Ronaldo. And, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I, love, I love Colton Cole, but I think even he'd probably admit not quite that level of a uh, level of player. But but no, Colton Cole, <laughs> Colton Cole was, was brilliant for us. And uh, again, loyalty. And uh, I remember mm. when we got I remember when we got relegated and I think. Him and Noble, I think they had the options to go back to Premier League clubs, and uh, I think all the players, including like Collison and uh, and stuff like that, um, I think they all had to like t reduce their wages by half. Sorry. And 
And I think a lot of people were saying to Colton Cole, why not go to Stoke? I think it was Stoke that wanted him. And I think he'd, you know, he'd been playing for England a couple of years before that. So his stock was quite high. And, you know, he, he turned around and said, nah, I'm, I'm home here. And, you know, I, I just want to play my football at West Ham and do our best to try and get us back to the Premier League. And he, he scored that. He scored the opener at Wembley in the playoff final. And uh, at the end of the game, I think he came out on Twitter and said something along the lines of, people told me to, you know, to leave, but you can all go fuck yourselves. I love it here. Something along those lines. And it's just, it's just brilliant. And, you know, again, like I, I didn't, you know, when we released him, I thought it was the wrong move because, you know, Andy Carroll getting injured. Who would have ever seen that come in? Yes, and then we had to re-sign him three months later. Brilliant, um, it? So yeah, fun. and yeah, it was. it was. That was typical. That's as West Ham as you'll ever see, isn't it? But, um, but yeah, then we, we bring him back and we got another good couple of years out of him. He scored some goals, uh, helped keep us up again. And, and yeah, no, I just, as I said, like, you know, probably not the, probably not the best. As again, if I was going with probably the best team of all time, Tevez probably would take his spot, but yeah. no, I, I love I love Colton Cole, and I love seeing him on Sky and and things now. He just comes across like a like a really great guy. Yeah, no, definitely. And you said I just think it's funny, you know, we when we signed him, it was absolutely brilliant when it was like, it was like <laughs> Super Colton comes it comes in to save the day, wasn't it? So yeah, yeah. having just let him go three months later, whatever. Oh, oh don't like, yeah, don't. But, West Ham. No, it's no. so West Ham and. Uh, yeah, but no, bless him. I, I love Colton. I feel like he's our adopted son to a certain, you know, like like Mark Noble's yeah. like our true son, you know, like like you know, like by blood. But I feel like Colton Cole, uh, you know, like like when we played Chelsea like, straight after the lockdown, uh, I think he was doing a thing with Sky, and they were getting him and like Steve Sidwell and a, maybe another couple of ex players to watch it. And when Yarmolenko made it free too. He's there visibly celebrating, going, yes, come on, West Ham. And uh, again, I think a few Chelsea fans kind of called him out on Twitter and said, oh, you know, like, why are you celebrating against us? You, you came for our academy. And and he said, like, obviously, Chelsea will always have a bit of a place in my heart. But he was like, no, West Ham's my team. It's my home. I helped get them to the Premier League. And, and I was like, I want them to stay there. And, and yeah, you just get loyalty. I just I, I love it. It's something that you don't see enough of in football this day and age. And, and yeah, when you get a player like that, you just kind of have to, as I said, you just got to love them really. And, uh, and yeah, so for me, yeah, Colton Cole, absolutely love the guy. So he's, he's my first striker and um, yeah, moving on to my, my final place. And yeah. I could not have this guy. It's probably the first West Ham player. I can, I can remember the Maverick that is Paolo Di Canio. Yeah. Gotta be Paolo. It's gotta, gotta be Paolo. Paolo. It's got to be Paolo. I just what what can you say about the man really uh, that hasn't already been said? The just I, genius, really a genius of his craft, and you know, like just to come in. Obviously, he had that whole incident where he pushed the referee over, and Redknapp's taken a gamble on him, and uh, it was one of those things where every match day you you didn't know what was going to happen, and it's so rare to get that from a football player. So but, true. Mm, and just ah, oh, I just so just the, the goals he scored, like the goal against you know, obviously the Wimbledon one is the big one, and that is the best one because that that to this day I still can't think of another Premier League goal that's even remotely similar to that. Whereas you know you see some great overhead kicks, but but you probably see maybe a couple overhead kicks a season, that kind of thing. You know Rooney, obviously Andy Carroll, even Haller against Palace yeah. at home this season. Yeah. 
you, you see overhead kicks, but that that bicycle kick from Decanio was something else. And he, he scored like I think I remember we were, um, we were like two 0 down against Chelsea. I think it was the year we got relegated, and we came back and won the game three two. And one of the goals that Decanio scored, it was just outrageous. And uh, and, and yeah, no, just just an absolute maverick of a player. And he still loves West Ham. He's still West Ham. He's still got the tattoo. And I remember uh, at Mark Noble's testimonial, he had to score, didn't he? He had to yeah, score. Yeah, it, was just, it was just, yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. And again, you know, like at least the last 10 years, probably not, strikers, probably not the best position for West Ham. Again, Dean Ashton, probably a little bit, uh, you know, probably a little bit unlucky. What player he could have been, if not for the injuries. He, <laughs> I honestly, you know, he would have gone on and, and had loads of caps for England and probably played for Man United, someone like that, Dean Ashton. But yeah, it had to be, it had to be De Canio. I just, yeah, just the guy was a genius. And and it, him, Joe Cole, those kind of players that, again, being that sort of like six, five, six, seven when they were at the club, um, they're the sort of players that you, when you go out in the, the street to play football, you were Joe Cole, you were De Canio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to pretend to be those guys and because uh, they were... That they were phenomenal. So, um, so yeah, just just an absolute brilliant entertainer, and uh, and yeah, I just every, you know again, like just every time you see him, it's just you just get that little bit of, of nostalgia comes back, and yeah, like just great stuff. So yeah, I mean, as, you, I mean, as you said, he's, he's the entertainer, and he was you, you would you'd you'd pay just to go and watch mm. him, wouldn't you? And and as well as being a fantastic footballer, he had this other side of him and he's like, you didn't know what side was going to turn up. He's like a one man soap opera. Oh, he was like the throw in the strop. And, uh, I think was it, was it Coventry? I can't remember now where I think we won the game five, four. It might've been someone else where was it the Bradford city game? Oh, Bradford. That was it. Yeah. Bradford five, four. Yeah. That was it. And, um, he's just, I think Lampard wanted the penalty and he just wouldn't give it to him. And like, ah, he just, yeah, just you, you know, even if you get thumped, Paolo Di Canio would have been worth the price of the admission alone. And because yeah, you, yeah. you just didn't know what you were going to see, and that the catching the ball against Everton, just yeah, man, just absolutely love him, like just absolutely magic style, didn't he? To be honest, you just sat there, you know, when you talk about what you got to say mm. is the word Paolo Di Canio, and you're smiling. Yeah, you know I mean, and it's like there's certain players. There's like him who has like Shaka Hislop. He would make me oh, smile. Yeah. You know, these type of players just smile when you listen when you think about mm. that time at, at the club. And as you said, Paolo was just Paolo was Paolo, and and yeah. we, were, we were very fortunate to have him at the time. You know, he's. I think. Because I, I, I think I think Redknapp kind of like when he bought him, you can't. He kind of knew you've just got to let that guy be a free spirit, and you'll get yeah. the best out of him. And that and that was what he was when he played football. He was a free spirit, and and as a result, he thrived off of that. Whereas if you try and rein him in, you're going to get some backlash. He's going to fight you on that. But if you say to him, "Go do you, go play how you want to play," and and you just you just letting genius unfold at that point. Yeah, and you just got to let him. Just as you said, there's certain players. That you just gotta just yeah, he said just let play. You know, you couldn't control it. Yeah. Read that by his own admission, couldn't control Paolo. Paolo was Paolo. Um and yeah, but we were just lucky to have him. And and, yeah, and he man. knows that. He were not only were we lucky to have him, he was lucky to have us because as he said, he pushed over the referee. His career was based on the scrap. Yeah. And and we turned him into this 
Premier League legend, really. I mean, you know, oh, he wasn't really bringing up lots of trees. That he was, he was good no. at Wednesday, mm. but he wasn't in the same sort of uh, bracket as a Zola or a Bergkamp. But he was after his time at West Ham. But the, th- the thing is, as well, I think, like, if you're going on, if you're going on technical ability alone, he yeah. is one of the most gifted players to have played in the yeah. Premier League, yeah. for sure. For sure, uh, you know, you, you didn't maybe know what you were going to get with him sometimes, but as, as a West Ham fan, that's kind of the thrill. And when you've got to look, when you've got to look at it and go, oh, you know, we might win the Intertoto Cup this year. You mm. really need that kind of player that's just going to do something different and steal the limelight. And, and he was that. Definitely, definitely. And and that concludes the eleven. That's it's a very cathartic process, isn't it? Doing game through. Oh, that. it is. It is like I mean, to be fair, like uh, I've pretty much since we arranged it, I, I kind of knew yeah. then and there. I was kind of like, I just got to think it over that because we we have had some great players down the line, and again, I think we've got a couple of players in the squad now that if they stick around for a few more years, they they might uh, usurp some of the uh, some of yeah. the other players I've got in there. But um, maybe yeah. But I think I think uh, the difficult difficulty is now is players don't hang around for a long time no so no exactly those exactly ones like, you know if, if you could guarantee me that the rice is going to be at west ham his old career they like oh. I'm, I'm putting him in i'm putting him in over parker at that point yeah but you know it's just yeah and and you know like i think ogbon has been brilliant for us this season yeah, as well and uh, but uh, but but yeah just that 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 iconic cult figure of Christian Daly and uh, the Ginger yeah. Pele, just now nah, brilliant, brilliant guys. So, yeah, it, it's it's such a weird, almost like I don't want to say picking your children because maybe <laughs> not, but but again, like as I said, you know, like Tevez, Ashton, you know, Harewood, and, and even you know, even some players that maybe weren't there for that long. You know, Sheringham was forty when he played for us, and yeah. and he could still play, he could still play, but. Um, but yeah, as I said, I think my team was it was largely boiled down to who was your favourite player that ever played there, and I think that was that was really it. Uh, that, that that was my process to yeah. get there in the end. That's good chat. That's good chat, G. Anyway, thank you so much, man. It's been no, you chatting to you. Yeah, no, you're welcome, mate. Uh, you know, it's been, it's been really easy. I've just like literally had not to do any. <laughs> any- <laughs> I just let him just let you chat. I didn't even have to go for the positions. You and and into central field. Like, this is brilliant. I can just sit back. And <laughs> I think it's just I just turned it. into my podcast host no, mode and was like, no, no man, brilliant. it's very very good, George. Thank you. And obviously, thank you. Um, no, thank, thank you. No, thank you for having me, mate. Um, if, I know you're super super busy, but if there's ever a point where you've got a free put, like you know, free moment in your schedule, yeah. you're more than welcome to come on to our podcast. Course, go for your go for your top 10 hammers of all time so you know so yeah you're not restricted by players you've seen live or positions if you want 10 forwards mate you can have 10 forwards so sounds good yeah man if you've ever got a free moment just you know hit us up we'll 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 have you on and we'll get your top 10 west Ham players of all time mate but no thank you it's been as to be on here you know like you've had red nap and you know like tony gal cotty you know, even like YouTubers like Jack Mate and the West Ham fan TV guys, and uh, all these you've got, as you said, over like 51 former players. No, nah, man, it's a privilege to be on here, and I'm I really appreciate you. Let me uh, come on, it's great. It, 
appreciate your time and obviously um thanks everyone for listening as well or watching of course oh mate yeah I'm, oh mate i'm burning through them man i'm burning through them they're getting me like in the afternoons i work on my own like my colleagues go like start earlier and uh, than i do so in the afternoons i've literally just been going through like the like the playlist of them all basically in the afternoon so yeah, yeah really man. enjoyed it mate there for you man plenty there for you yeah mate yeah it's great stuff. thank you to everyone who's been listening to this one as well who's been listening and watching this one thank you um whether you've been watching it on youtube or whatever podcast whatever, give it a shout give it a like give it a share and from myself and from george take care everyone stay safe wash those hands come on you irons and we'll see you again come, very on, you irons. come on you irons take care everyone Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.